So Hooked was about how to get people hooked to healthy habits facilitated mm-hmm. by technology. And Indistractable is ha- about how to ba- break bad habits. Now, it's not the same thing. <laughs> that is Nia L. He's a best-selling author of a couple books, but probably two of them you are pretty familiar with. One is Hooked. The other one is Indestructible. When I ask him what is the difference, it seems like he set us up to one and then try to rescue us from the other one. But obviously, I was wrong. And this is what he say. I'm not going to help you get disconnected from the Bible app unless you find yourself getting distracted by the Bible app. But if you think that's a healthy habit in your life, wonderful. That's great. It's a good thing. Can you tell this is something awesome gonna coming up to the episode? Near, he writes, consults, and teaches about intersection of psychology, technology, and business. The MIT Technology Review dubbed Near as the prophet of habit-forming technology. He founded two tech companies since 2003 and has taught at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and Hustle Planners Institute of Design at Stanford. He's the author of the best-selling book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, pretty much is the Bible for Silicon Valley, okay? And Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. So you probably can tell by now, he surely has a, such a credibility to teach us how to be indistractable. In this episode, we touch on a couple of uh, tough questions, such as why to be indistractable is the skill of this century. Four steps to become indistractable. As entrepreneurs, I'm sure you also have experience such as Do you have those moments you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just cannot bring yourself to do it? Well, the answer is in this episode. Now, let's check with Nia. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Nier. Thank you so much. Great to be here. You know, I mean, it's my absolute uh, honor to have you here. And uh, if we look at your bio today, and we know you are such an awesome thought leader (laughs) when when it comes to psychology and uh, happy forming technology. But in this podcast that, you know, uh, all my fellow CEOs, they all love to hear a little bit personal part of uh, how did you, you know, your journey, how did you arrive where you are today? Yeah, so let's see. So I spent many years teaching at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and at the School of Design at Stanford as well. And I wrote my first book about how to build habit-forming technology. And the intention was to use technology to help people form healthy habits in their lives. 
Uh, so I wanted to use the secrets of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp. Uh, and it was based on a class that I taught at Stanford on consumer psychology. And the intention was, what if we could use the exact same design techniques to help form these healthy habits, these healthy routines in people's lives? In fact, the only case study in the book is of the Bible app. I know. The, yeah, <laughs> which is incredibly popular, huge, huge app. It doesn't get a lot of attention, but if it was, uh, if it was a, a service that was monetized, it would be just as valuable as Twitter and Facebook and you know these huge companies that, that touch hundreds of millions of people's lives. Uh, and so I profiled uh, Bobby Grinwald and the, the Bible app, version, uh, as an amazing example of a company that is using the same exact principles, the same psychology to help people form these healthy habits in their lives. In this case, uh, for them, reading the Bible. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, since you mentioned that, I was, you know, kind of bookmarked that exactly that page. Because um, I, I personally, I have a devotional plan up there and for the entrepreneurs, for Christian entrepreneurs. So, you know, I have you are both both here, right? Oh, great. And I'm sure that um, it, it kind of like when, when you write that I can understand you write you wrote hooked but then uh, when you write the indistractable it's like you know I was joking with my uh, my clients it's like near help companies who make us that victim of the hook model <laughs> and now that you switch side to empower us to become the champion of the indistractable <laughs> can you tell us a little bit how did the second book come along or, or both? Yeah. Well, you know, it, I don't think anybody's a victim of getting hooked to the Bible app. Do you think so? No, no, no. That, well, I'm just saying, yeah, that's my next sentence. Say, it's not always bad to be hooked. But. Right, right, exactly. Getting hooked to exercise is great. Getting hooked to online education is great. Getting hooked to whatever is consistent with your values is wonderful. Uh, I would argue that even social media, right, the things that people think are evil and hijacking their brain, I think it does a lot of good for people, right? People yeah. need connection. And I, I love the fact that I have a Facebook account and an Instagram account and a Twitter account. These things are fantastic. I mean, look, we're talking over this technology right now, and hopefully this helps spread the message to help people in their lives. So what's very important to do is to not have this, you know, tech is evil type of mindset. Tech yes. is a tool and it's about how we use it. Uh, and it can help us do wonderful things. But of course, you know, a, a hammer is a tool and a hammer can be used to build a house or it can be used to, to bash someone in the head. So it's really about how we use these technologies. So Hooked was about how to get people hooked to healthy habits facilitated mm -hmm. by technology, and indistractable is ha about how to bat break bad habits. Now, it's not the same thing, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to help you get disconnected from the Bible app unless you find yourself getting distracted by the Bible app. But if you think that's a healthy habit in your life, wonderful. That's great. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, but of course, what we also find is that many people don't do what they say they're going to do because they get distracted by various things in their life. And that's really why I wrote indistractable. In my own life, I found that I was becoming distracted. So I remember I was sitting with my daughter one afternoon, and we had this beautiful day planned where we had this book of activities that daddies and daughters could do together. And one of the activities in the book was to ask each other this question. If you could have any superpower, mm -hmm. what superpower would you want? And I wish I could tell you what my daughter said, but I can't because in that moment, I started checking my device. And I became distracted and sent the message to my daughter 
that whatever was on my phone was more important than she was. So she got the clue. She left the room. And by the time I looked up for my phone, she was outside playing with some toy instead of playing with me. Mm. And so and if, I, if I was honest with you, it wasn't the only time it happened. I'd sit down to work and I'd do something else. I'd be with friends or family and I'd, I'd get distracted by one thing or another. Not just technology, the television, a book that I didn't plan to, to, to read at the time, uh, uh, someone interrupting me. You know, anything can become a distraction if it's not what you plan to do with your time. Exactly. You know, um, in one of uh, our uh, Christian CEO University, we talk uh, very big about is stewardship. And there, you know, kind of God reminded us there are four invisible areas, uh, which, you know, if we master it, it's a whole lot easier to get where we are, we want. And they are time, mental space, energy level and relationship. And one of the biggest ones, obviously, is the time. Then we always say that we actually cannot really manage time. Everybody got 24 hours, but we need to learn how to manage ourselves in time. Have that in mind. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, you know, the four, uh, the, the four, four, how do you say, four elements? Yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's super important to understand uh, why we're so bad at managing our time. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's easy to say, okay, manage time, but it's really hard to actually implement it. And I think the reason why is because we don't actually understand why we get distracted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, many people um, misassign the things around them as the cause of distraction. They say, oh, my cell phone did it to me. Facebook did it to me. The news did it to me. That stuff did it to me. Mm-hmm. But what's really happening, those are called external triggers. And there's clearly a lot we can do to hack back those external triggers. It's a whole section in the book. Yeah. But what actually turns out to be a greater source of distraction are not the external triggers, but rather the internal triggers. The real reason we get distracted, and by the way, this is not a new problem, right? Plato talked about this problem 2,500 years ago. He called it akrasia, the tendency that we have to do things against our better interest. Yeah. And the reason, the answer to the question of why do we do things against our better interest? Why is it that when we say we'll do one thing, we keep doing something else? We say we'll be with the people we love, but we're checking our phones. We say we'll pray today, we'll meditate, we'll do whatever we say we're going to do, and yet we don't. We procrastinate. We say we're going to work out, but we don't. We say we're going to eat healthy food, but we don't. Why not? <laughs> if we know what to do, why don't we just do it? Yeah. And the reason is... Because time management is pain management. Mm. You see, everything you do, you do for one reason. That human motivation is about one thing, and that is the desire to escape discomfort. That it used to be that psychologists believed in what Freud called the pleasure principle. That everything we do is about the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Carrots and sticks. Yeah. But that's not true. That in fact, neurologically speaking, everything we do is about the desire to escape discomfort. Think about this physiologically. If you go outside and it's cold, you put on a jacket because feeling cold doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. It feels uncomfortable. If you go back inside and it's too hot, you take the coat off. If you feel hungry, you feel hunger pangs, so you eat. And when you eat too much, oh, that doesn't feel good, you stop eating. So the same thing occurs. Physi that occurs physiologically also occurs psychologically. So 
When you're feeling lonely, check Facebook. When you're uncertain, you might check Google. When you are feeling bored, maybe you watch TV or check the news or stock prices, sports scores, Reddit, Pinterest, who knows? All of these solutions cater to this uncomfortable sensation that we seek to escape. So if we are going to manage our time, we need techniques to manage discomfort, to manage our pain. And it won't matter what life hacks or gurus techniques you might use if we don't fundamentally face this fact that the reason we get distracted is because we are looking for psychological pacification because we are looking to escape something we don't want to feel inside whether that's spending too much time watching tv too much time drinking too much time doing anything that we don't intend to do that's the ultimate root cause of the problem everything else is a symptom to that disease yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, I mean, we just talk about this in actually in Chris Douglas, Youpreneur Inside Community, talk about people say, what is your number one uh, problem as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, if I read through those comments, somebody obviously say time is a problem. Somebody say that uh, uh, they, ha- they have focus problem. And some people say it just don't know where to get started with that long to-do list. And then if mm, we- Yes, oh my God, those people down, need to read this book. Yes, <laughs> I, yes. I answer every <laughs> single one of those questions. Right, so if we just uh, kind of uh, uh, roll back a few moments ago that you mentioned all those things, obviously in your book, uh, it's about mastering the internal triggers. Right. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about the, what kind of methods or ways that we can do about it? Sure. So there's really only two things you can do. So if we acknowledge that all human behavior is driven by a desire to escape discomfort, then we have to understand where that discomfort is coming from. And so you have a fork in the road. You can only go one of two ways. We can either fix the source of the problem, what's causing us that discomfort. Is it a difficult home life situation? Is it a toxic work culture? There's a whole section in the book about why distraction at work is a symptom of cultural dysfunction. Because if you work in a toxic in work environment that's stressing you out, that's driving you crazy, guess what? You're going to look for control. You're going to look for agency. You're going to look for some way to get out of that situation. So what do you do? You send more emails that don't need to be sent. You call more meetings that are superfluous. So you make the problem worse or people in your organization make the problem worse. So we have to actually fix the source of the discomfort, fix the problem itself. Let me be honest with you. When I was with my daughter and I was checking my phone as opposed to being fully present with her, it wasn't because of my phone. Mm. It was because there was stuff going on in my life that I didn't know how to deal with in a better way. And so I needed to deal with that discomfort to figure out ways to fix it or find methods to cope with that discomfort in a healthier manner. And so there are many techniques we can use. There's three I highlight in the book. One is reimagine the temperament. One is reimagine the trigger, and one is reimagine the task. Um, So there's lots and lots of tactics we can use. One of the most effective techniques we can use is called the 10-minute rule. Uh, This comes out of acceptance and commitment therapy. I didn't make it up. This has been, you know, for decades, well-researched. The idea is that, you know, many of us, when we have a temptation, whether that temptation is to eat a piece of chocolate cake we know we shouldn't have, whether it's that we're feeling lazy and don't feel like going to the gym, uh, or we don't feel like reading scripture that day, or we, uh, we don't feel like doing that big project right now, we'll, we'll, we'll 
say will do something that feels like work, right? So how many times have you sat down at your desk as an entrepreneur and said, okay, I'm going to work on that big project right now. I'm going to do that thing that I'm, I said I'm going to do right after I check email. Exactly. <laughs> right? Right after I scroll the Slack channel or talk to uh, Bob real quick. I need to tell him something real quick. And then 30, 45 minutes later, you still haven't done the thing you said you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So that's called pseudo work right? It seems like work. It seems like it's productive, but really it's a distraction because that's not what you plan to do with your time. So what's the solution? When you find yourself about to get distracted, psychologists tell us that one of the best things you can do is to just write down that sensation. I'm feeling bored, anxious, stressed, uncertain, whatever it might be. Write down that sensation. And then what you want to do is to just surf the urge to feel that sensation for just 10 minutes. Now, in those 10 minutes, you can either get back to the task at hand or explore the sensation with curiosity rather than contempt. And so this is where people fall into two buckets, either the blamers or the shamers. The blamers say, oh, you see, it was technology that distracted me. Email did it to me. Facebook, my iPhone did it to me. Those are the blamers. Yeah. The shamers are the people who said, oh, I must be dysfunctional. I must be lazy. I have a short attention span. There's something wrong with me. And neither of those solutions work. Why? Because they only perpetuate more internal triggers. When you feel crappy about yourself, mm. you create more internal triggers that make you want to reach for a distraction to escape that discomfort even more. So instead, what you want to do is to set a timer. Sometimes I'll just take out my phone. I'll say, set a timer for 10 minutes. I'll put it down. And then my job is to just feel that sensation with curiosity rather than contempt for just 10 minutes. Because you see, these emotions are like waves. In the middle, we think that they're going to last forever. But of course, waves don't work that way. They crest and then they subside. Mm -hmm. And so we want to ride that wave, that emotional wave, like a surfer on a surfboard. For just 10 minutes, what you'll find is nine times out of 10, the emotion will crest and subside and you'll get right back to the task at hand, the thing you wanted to do. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's many, many, many more techniques in the book, but that's the first step to mastering these internal triggers. Yeah, that, that's so awesome. I, I really love about, I mean, I literally, I read your book twice and I also listened to the audio version twice. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, it's because of, it just resonated with me so much that, you know, I am tend to the shimmer part. You know, mm, I was like, every time, yeah, it's come to that, you say, okay, why I'm so lazy? Can I, yeah. can I just bring myself to do that thing that I say I want to do? By the way, that's a characteristic of high performance people. We tend to be perfectionists, right? That's also, that can, we can use that for good. We can use that internal trigger to help move us towards traction, to do what we say we're going to do. But of course, if it's in an unhealthy way, it can lead us towards distraction when we want to escape that bad feeling. So it's very normal. And, and what you don't want to do is to tell yourself somehow that you're broken, right? So many people today in self-help, they tell us, if you're not happy, something's wrong with you. And that is not true. Mm. Being uncomfortable is part of the human condition. We are hardwired that way. And that's okay if we know how to let, help it lead us towards traction rather than distraction. I also love the recent article uh, in, your, uh, in your blog. And uh, it talked about a lady. She stood up uh, in one of your uh, recent speaking engagements or something. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, I think probably the moment maybe you were speaking about the hook, the loop of the, the hook. And I think she talked about, you know, my problem is not to create a new healthy habits, but my problem is to get rid of the bad ones. Right. And, and I want to bring this up because I know that my listeners now listening to all this, they are thinking the same thing. They say, all these sound good, but what do I deal with my all Bad ones. Right, right. So the, the first step is to master these internal triggers, to figure out what's going on and fix those problems that we can fix. And the problems we can't fix, learn tactics to cope with discomfort. I tell you exactly how to do that. The second step is to make time for traction. You see, two thirds of people don't keep a calendar. And if you don't <laughs> keep a calendar, if you don't keep a schedule, you have no right to say you're distracted. Why? Because you can't call something a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. If you ask most people, what's the opposite of distraction? They'll tell you focus. That's not true. The opposite of distraction is traction. Yep. Both come from the same Latin root and they both end in the same six letter word, action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Mm -hmm. So traction is any action that moves you towards what you want to do, something you plan to do with intent. The opposite of traction is distraction, anything that moves you away from what you plan to do. But here's the thing. If you don't plan your day, if you can't tell me for every minute of your day what you want to do with your time, of course you're distracted. Because you don't know what you want to do with your time. The most important job of a CEO, and I've been a CEO twice to two companies who have been successfully acquired, the only job you have as a CEO is to prioritize. Yep. That's all you do. That's all you have to do. Everything else is details. Your job is to prioritize. And starting with how you spend your time. It took me five years to write this book, and I interviewed hundreds of people, many of them top C-level executives. And let me tell you, every single one of them had either a piece of paper that they carried around with them all the time, or they had on their phones a calendar that told them exactly where they were supposed to be for every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. So guess what? We need to do the same thing. Now, this might sound, oh, that's hard to do. I don't know. It's, it sounds like it's too rigid. Too bad. <laughs> if you struggle with distraction, I'm telling you the secret to solving it is about making time for traction in your day, planning out your day according to your values. Now, this is really important. There are three life domains, mm -hmm. starting with you. You're in the center of your life domains. So the first thing you need to do, don't make a big goal for five years from now. Don't make a, you know, a, 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 a plan for where you want to be in a decade. Let's start with next week. Yeah. I want you to, yes. right? Just tomorrow, okay? How would your ideal week look like? And I'm going to give you a link for the show notes. I made a tool online that makes this really, really easy to do because I think that uh, Google Calendar and Outlook, it's too complicated. I made a really easy tool, totally free. You don't even have to sign up for anything to make this really, really easy. What you want to do is to start with the you domain. Ask yourself, how can you spend your time in a way that's consistent with your values? So if taking care of your body is one of your values, if physical health, I'm not saying it should be, whatever is your values, that's what I want you to make time for, turn that value into time. Do you have time for proper sleep in your schedule? Do you have time for exercise? If mental and spiritual growth is one of your values, 
Do you have time on your calendar to pray or meditate or do whatever it is that's consistent with your values? If you don't, if you expect it to just happen, you're kidding yourself. It's not going to just happen. Then comes the relationship domain. Do you have time in your calendar for time with the most important people in your life? Or are they what we call the residual beneficiary? The, the people who get whatever's left over after you come home from work, right? Yeah. Do you have time for your friends, for your family? Then finally, with work, the final domain. Everybody I talked to when I interviewed people for this book, I asked them, do you need time for focused work? Do you need time to concentrate at your, you know, at, at your work? Everybody said yes. And then I said, well, show me that time. Where's that time on your schedule? I don't know. It's not there. Here's the thing. Let me let you in on a secret. A huge competitive advantage in business today is being the kind of person who prioritizes time to think. So many people think that the answers are going to be with some course or some guru or you know some book is going to tell them the secret. The secret is sitting down and thinking about your problems, right? Mm -hmm. Writing them down, talking them with yourself, analyzing them for yourself is a huge competitive edge but you need that time on your schedule. You need time for uninterrupted work, as well as time to check emails, time to go to meetings. So many of us, we react all day long as things come into us that we have no time for reflection. And so basically what's happening is we are prioritizing the urgent, the requests on us, yeah. as opposed to prioritizing the important. So that's the step two to becoming indistractable. Step one is mastering the internal triggers. Step two is about making time for traction in your day. And then after you have that time box calendar, you're going to share that calendar with the various stakeholders in your life. So this practice saved my marriage. It was unbelievable. I do this every week with my wife. We have a schedule sync where we look at each other's calendars for the week. Incredibly effective. Doing this with, with your boss. On or, in, or employees, incredibly effective technique to, to, to synchronize your schedules so that you can make sure that you're working on the right priorities. That's what, do, but, what the second step of making time for traction is all about. I totally can relate to about calendar. We, I sing the calendar with my two uh, adult kids and then uh, my husband. That saved the whole family. Right. Because uh, really, <laughs> we then know what, what's going on in each other's life and then we will not kind of blame, say, why you cannot do X, Y, Z with me. Right, exactly. Like and it takes 15 minutes. Once you set this up, it's very easy to keep doing it. So, so there's really no excuse. Yeah, exactly. So um, I love what you say about be able to sit down to think is the number one competitive edge. Uh, I always say that, you know, uh, the I love what you say. The other thing is I want to ask you it's uh, in your book, why you would say uh, be indistractable is the D skill for this century. Right, yeah, because I think that, uh, you know, distraction has been with us for a very, very long time, but I think today, if you are looking for distraction, it's easier than ever to find. Because technology is so pervasive and so persuasive, if you're looking for it, if you're looking for distraction, it's easier than ever, right? It's all, in a, it's all at your fingertips. And by and large, that's a good thing, right? It's a wonderful age we live in that we can have information uh, so readily accessible, that we can have entertainment options, that we can have you know, the connections to each other for free by and large and uh, always accessible. But that means if you don't have this skill set, you're going to be overwhelmed, 
right? Mm -hmm. Because there are always more things that we can read. There are always new videos to watch. There are always more discussions, more things that we could take part of that can lead us towards distraction if we don't know how to become indistractable. A big part of it, you know, a lot of people, they only focus on being efficient, but they don't yeah. focus on doing the right things efficiently. Mm -hmm. And that's a big mistake, right? If you're working on the wrong stuff really, really quick, that, that's still a big waste of time, right? So it turns out, you know, a Harvard Business Review study found that 25% of the emails that the average knowledge worker sends, they did not need to send, and 25% of the email they received, they did not need to receive. So between emails and meetings, I mean, this is, this is about 75% of our day is just spent on emails and meetings. So time to think, time to actually strategize, to plan, to prioritize – is a competitive advantage, but you can't have that time unless you know how to become indistractable. Well, Nia, thank you so much for today, your time. I cannot wrap up that, uh, this podcast interview in a better way. Uh, just a fun thing I wanna ask you, you know, uh, because your name is so uh, special, and I went on to check the meaning of the, in the Hebrew words. I don't know if this is correct or not. Uh, they say near is mean the plowed field, and then our meaning uh, strength. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> I, I didn't choose it, but <laughs> yeah, it, it seems that for me it's it's so aligned with what you are doing that you are such a. Um, uh, force of a uh, resilience. That's the impression for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. To help us. <laughs> I so, appreciate you looking into it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I just feel I just feel led to check it out, and uh, I cannot wait. Uh, is is anything uh, any departing wisdom for us entrepreneurs and CEOs? Yeah, I think I think that if there's one mantra I'd like people to know, it's that the antidote to impulsiveness is forethought. Mm. The antidote to impulsiveness is forethought, that when it comes to distraction, distraction is really a problem of impulsiveness. But if we wait until the chocolate cake is on the fork, we're going to eat it. If yeah. the cigarette is lit, we're going to smoke it. If the cell phone is on your nightstand and it's as far away from you when you wake up in the morning as your husband or wife, you're going to check it. That's too late. One thing that our species can do that no other animal on the face of the earth can do is to predict the future with greater fidelity. We can predict what's going to happen. And so the antidote to impulsiveness is to think ahead, is forethought. And so that's why it's so important to have a system in place, to not leave these type of distractions to willpower and self-control. That stuff doesn't work. What we need is a system in place to help us live out our values, to be the kind of people we want to be by becoming indistractable. So we only covered two of the four steps, mastering internal triggers, making time for traction. The other two are about hacking back the external triggers and preventing distraction with pacts. So it's through this system, through this holistic approach of these four basic steps, believe me, they're not all that hard if you know what to do. This is how we get the best out of technology without letting it get the best of us and become the kind of people that live up to our values. Yes, we surely put the books, the links in the show notes for sure. And uh, also, uh, Nia mentioned, uh, uh, I think it's a calendar type of a, a, a form. We got a link there and uh, please, uh, I just want the people that you guys are listening to this, but please do take action. Uh, you know, knowledge alone is not power, but applied knowledge is. 
So th thank you so much, Nir, for today, your time and the wisdom. Thank you, Kelly. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you. Wow, what a conversation. I hope that you enjoy as much as Nir and I. You know, we truly believe that knowledge alone is not power, but applied knowledge is. So Nir prepared a lot of uh, free goodies for you in the show notes area. Please come to kellybother.com forward slash 066 to access it. Again, it's kellybother.com forward slash 066. I would like to extend an invitation for you. Here is the thing. If you would like to succeed beyond your current level, you need four things. One, the right growth mindset. It needs to align with your current season in life, your God-given priority and responsibility. Second, the right knowledge. The just-in-time learning for what you need now not to be distracted by all the shiny objects on the web. Third, the right growth path. Different profit styles require different emphasis in different areas of your business. Because personally, I believe there is no formula fits all. God creates each single one of us very differently. And therefore, Every single one of us have our own profit style. If you want to learn more, you need to come to CCU. When you have that clarity, you can get out of the muddy water and accelerate your momentum. The last one is the right masterminds. There's a reason God says in the Bible, iron sharpening iron. We cannot succeed on this journey alone. Marketplace is a battlefield if you haven't figured it out yet. Have you ever heard of any soldier going to war alone and then winning the war? I don't think so. So therefore, I'd like to invite you to kellyball.com forward slash CCU. CCU is Christian CEO University. It's the place for the emerging Christian entrepreneurs and CEO to become that CEO whom God called them to. So come over to kellybala.com forward slash CCU. Looking forward to welcome you to the family. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. Thanks See for listening to the, the Christian episode. CEO podcast at www.kellybotter.com.